Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Momentum. One of the key themes for this podcast has been about harnessing technology to improve our lives. And now, more than ever, advances in automation make that possible. Our founder, Idekin Tonk, just published a new book on this topic called Automate Your Busy Work. And to celebrate the launch today, we've gathered three titans of the industry to talk all things automation. Please join us for this exclusive panel discussion featuring Zapier's co-founder and CEO, Wade Foster, Duist's founder and CEO, Amir Saliafendich, and Jotform's founder and CEO, Idekin Tonk. Moderating the conversation will be Jotform's PR manager, Jackie Ochoa. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for a special edition podcast. My name is Jackie Ochoa. I'll be your host today. Um, I am Jotform's PR manager and former journalist uh, joining you from San Francisco, California today. Uh, we are in here, of course, in celebration of Jotform founder and CEO Idekin Tonk's newest book release, Automate Your Busy Work. Uh, we've gathered together a fantastic panel of experts for you today uh, to weigh in and talk about the future of automation. Uh, we will dive into best practices for getting rid of busy work um, and, of course, talk about Idekin's new book. Um, but to kick things off, I want to introduce our panel of experts today. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Jotform's own founder and CEO and author of Automate Your Busy Work, Idekin Tonk. We'll dig into this more, of course, during our conversation, but Idekin's new book is really his recipe for success, uh, how he used automation to differentiate Jotform in the market against uh, Google Forms and how he used automation for core business functions within Jotform and within his own personal workflow as well. Also joining us on the panel today is Amir Salehefendich, the founder and CEO of Duist. Uh, of course, Duist is all about enabling the workforce of the future. Uh, they themselves are a remote-first company with uh, employees in more than 35 countries. Uh, and of course, you know Duist as the creators of Todoist, a productivity app that helps people keep their work and life organized, as well as Twist, a workplace communication tool that's focused on async collaboration. And then rounding our panel today is Wade Foster, the co-founder and CEO of Zapier, a leading automation tool that over 2.2 million businesses use, including companies like Meta, Asana, and Dropbox. Uh, Zapier is all about automation and productivity. So we're going to have fun on this podcast today. To our panel of founders, welcome on the podcast. Uh, how is everyone doing? How's, how's the week go so far? Hey, doing good. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a really exciting week for me because uh, today my book just came out and I've been working on this book for more than a year. So I'm really thrilled about this. I'm also really excited about this conversation with uh, Wade and Amir. So it's great. Yeah, and uh, I'm also really excited. And, you know, there's also a lot of like change happening in the world, uh, you know, especially like in terms of like AI, uh, which is, uh, you know, both. Uh, stressful and exciting at the same time. Yeah. 
Definitely. And we will certainly be getting into that conversation today, talking about AI uh, and automation. A lot of a lot of changes, as you mentioned, Amir. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think we'll get through it all today. Um, again, we are so excited uh, to have you guys on on the podcast today, uh, especially in celebration of Idakin's new book. Uh, but before we do jump into the book, I'd love to start it off with a very general kind of broad question. Um, I'd love to hear from each of you um, how you think think about automation and productivity, both at work and your, in your personal lives as well. Um, again, no, it's kind of a broad question. Make it what you want. Um, take it as, as you'd like. Um, Amir, let's, let's start with you. How do you think about automation and productivity? I mean, that's a great question. And, and honestly, I think like we are still kind of like, there's like so much busy work that we're doing uh, each day. Uh, and especially on the organizational level, you know, I think like, uh, you know, our societies and companies and everybody, like individuals as well, could be much more productive. We kind of remove some of the grunt work that people use uh, and do. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like where we are kind of like trying to focus on, on the company level is kind of like, how do we actually really create, you know, tools and processes that are much, you know, more productive and efficient than the current one that we use. And what we see right now in the market is basically like everybody is just like doing grunt work and it's like very inefficient. If you look at like, you know, productivity growth as well in like knowledge uh, societies, it's actually very low, even as we have added a lot more technology. And I think, uh, you know, the thing that we need to reflect on, you would actually expect as you add, as you become more advanced technology, that actually productivity will go up. But that is not really what we have seen. Uh, I think there's like many different aspects of it, but definitely automation and, and removal of busy work is like the way to go. So that is how I see this. Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a lot of us would agree that with you on that one. Um, you know, uh, eliminating busy work. I think that's Idakin's, uh, you know, catchphrase. Um, uh, Wade, how, how do you think about automation and productivity? So for me, automation, productivity, they really start with the important questions, which is really truly understanding what's important in your life. I think too often, we get stuck in this um, hamster wheel where we're doing a bunch of grunt work, we're doing a bunch of tasks, we're trying to t check as many things off, but we don't have like a really strong grip on what's important to us. And so this starts with understanding, you know, what's important? Is it, you know, is it family? Is it work? Is it health? Is it friends? Is it hobbies? You know, what are the big buckets in your life that you really want to make um, wh where you want to spend your time? And so I think having those answers and understanding what is critical there really helps you uh, take better advantage of automation, productivity, etc. Once you have those things clearly defined, then you can start to say, these buckets of things I'm simply not going to do. I'm simply not going to participate in them. It's far easier to just have a rule where you say no to those things. And it keeps a whole chunk of to-dos uh, off your to-do list. And once you do that, then you can say, okay, with what's left, these important things that are uh, I am going to spend time on, then I can start to set up systems. I can set up, you know, tools to better automate things that get certain grunt worky type things that are within the things that are important to me uh, happening in an ongoing basis. I can set up productivity systems that make it easier for me to accomplish certain goals within those tools. Uh, and so it really allows you to set up a system that, that works and helps you achieve the things that are most important to you. Definitely. All right. Uh, to round us out on on those questions, there, Ida Ken, um, how do you think about automation and productivity? 
I think it's a really exciting time for automation and productivity. Uh, and I think because of uh, because of the, these three revolutions happening. And the first one is software is eating the world. Um, this was coined by uh, Mark Anderson uh, like a decade ago. And uh, basically what he was saying is was like everything is turning into software from like cars to like vacuum cleaners. Like in the past, you would go to a travel agent and you will say, hey, uh, you know, I want to go to a warm place. But today you do everything yourself, which is kind of um, not that great because you have to spend a lot of time. But it also gives you so much uh, freedom and flexibility. You can pick your own destination. You can find your own hotel. You can decide on uh, what you're going to do, how you're going to spend your time. And you have much more options uh, because like, Everything is software, and software is much more uh, flexible than like hardware, and uh, it gives you so much uh, more options, and it allows you to do more things. The second revolution is the no-code revolution, and uh, all the products here, like Jotform, uh, Zapier, and Todoist, they're all like no-code products because you can use them to build uh, your own solutions and. Uh, if you go to a website like g2.com, you can find like thousands of uh, like these SaaS uh, cloud products that allows you to build your own solutions. And they are flexible, they are customizable, uh, they give you so many options. And this wasn't available like a decade ago. So this is, this is new and uh, this is so great um, that it's kind of uh, democratizing uh, the the, the, the world because people like businesses can actually do things that they couldn't do before. Like they had to go to like a, go to a, like a programmer or developer or, you know, hire a company to build uh, something for them. But today, like they can use all these products and they can use Zapier to like connect them to each other. So it's, uh, it's a great time to really be uh, building uh, solutions for your business. And the third one is uh, even bigger and that's the AI revolution. And AI is kind of like multiplying these two revolutions because now uh, all these solutions are more capable, uh, more flexible, and uh, more smart because uh, they can do many more things. I mean, I'm, we are not still there. I think we are just seeing what's available. I feel like we are just uh, kind of like the uh, kind of like the times when we were like the uh, I'm kind of old, but like the when the internet just came out, like in the first years of internet, there was just so many possibilities. People could see that, but there wasn't any like, uh, you couldn't, uh, you didn't have the products, but AI is gonna be like that. Uh, everything is, uh, all the products will include AI and they're gonna be much more powerful. And uh, this, uh, like these three, re three revolutions are gonna democratize uh, software for everyone and everyone will be able to uh, build their own solutions and I think this is a, this is a great time to be alive. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, the excitement around AI is definitely amongst this crowd here, um, which uh, we will, you know, be diving deeper into uh, later on in this conversation. But, um, you know, as I mentioned kind of before, we are here in celebration of Idakin's uh, new book release, Automate Your Busy Work. Um, but as we open up this conversation and focus, you know, more so on automation and practice productivity. Um, Idekin, why don't you tell us just a little bit, you know, about your book um, and why you decided to write it? So I'm a product guy. I love uh, building our product and growing our product. 
That's why like I've been doing JotForm for 17 years and I didn't get tired of it. And how I start, how I uh, started JotForm was because uh, in my previous job, I was working for this like media company in New York and I was building uh, these forms and I really wanted to find a product that can automate it, uh, but I couldn't find one. So I started, I decided to build one myself. Um, so once I launched JotForm, it was going well, but after a while, um, I was kind of like too busy uh, with doing everything. Uh, I think we had like uh, four or five employees at this point. And uh, like I was spending all my day on emails from morning to night. I was uh, spending uh, my time replying to customers and just uh, answering emails. So our like product development was kind of like uh, all over. There was it wasn't streamlined. So uh, like I was doing all kinds of things like accounting, uh, HR, legal, like ordering uh, supplies for the office. So the busy work, like I was a product guy that loved uh, to work on the product, that loved to grow the product, but I was spending all my day like with busy work. And right at that moment, like Google Forms came out and I was like, okay, if I continue to do this, like Google is gonna beat us. Uh, so, you know, I need to change something. And I, I looked at what we are doing for our customers. We were actually automating things for them. Like we were automating uh, the creation of the forms, but it, it forms are used uh, as the as a way for them to automate many things in their business. Like we were automating emails, uh, document generation, and like all the business processes, like creation of the reports, integrating with other products. So we were doing all those things. Um, but in my own business, I wasn't doing that that all. And I decided to change that. I, I started with my emails. Uh, I found ways to automate, automate them, like especially the processing of the emails, incoming emails. And uh, HR, accounting, legal, pretty much many of the things that I was spending so much time on uh, I was able to automate them. Uh, and this actually helped me uh, make JotForm successful. And uh, today, JotForm is uh, successful with 500 employees and 20 million users. And I think uh, I, I owe that to the automation. And, uh, and I want to share what I learned uh, with the world. And uh, I developed this framework that I call the automation flywheel. And I wanted to share that and uh, provide lots of examples. And the book uh, was the best best way to do that. And uh, that's why I wrote it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's so many automation tools out there. Um, and your book really helps people kind of distill like what automation tools they need in their daily workflow um, and really helps them, you know, make sense of all of that. Um, Wade, I know we kind of jumped in and started talking immediately about automation and whatnot, but want to kind of take a step back um, and, you know, open up the floor there and, and you know, kind of share with us, you know, more about Zapier, uh, who uses it and what problem are you guys trying to solve? So Zapier is a leader in easy, easy automation. Our, our mission is to make automation work for everybody. Uh, it started as just integrating apps, connect this to that, and it's grown into a full-on workflow system that connects over 5,000 different apps. Um, you know, if you uh, submit a job form. It can, uh, you know, route that to your CRM, to your email marketing tool. It can set up a to-do for you inside of something like Todoist. Uh, it really helps you take control of all the automation work that happens across any of the given uh, tools that you might use. 
Uh, you know, one of my favorite examples is this company, Halo Cars. They uh, bring targeted marketing to LED smart screens on cabs. And Halo was founded by three college students. They built their entire operations on top of Airtable and Zapier. And this enabled their small team to scale a pretty complex referral system in a matter of days. Uh, Ten months after founding this company, they sold the business to Lyft. Um, you know, an incredible example of what a small team is able to accomplish when they lean into automation, when they lean into tools. And so for us, Zapier is really about trying to help these small teams uh, achieve big things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, it's it's very clear. We, we brought together the right experts here on automation, that's for sure. Um, Amir, would love to open up the same question to you. Um, you know, for those who don't know, uh, are listening in, uh, what is Duist and uh, what are the problems that you guys are trying to solve? Yeah, uh, so, you know, like our whole mission is kind of like to build the future of work. Um, and, uh, you know, like something to note about us is also like we are really like challenging the status quo ways of working. So like we started to work fully remote in 2010. We started to work like asynchronous first, which means like we have very little meetings uh, in 2014. Um, and right now we're kind of like trying to, you know, just see like what lies ahead and how can we actually build this. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the ambition is basically like building you know, a much better way to work and live. Uh, because honestly, I think like if we look at most of the current uh, like uh, organizations, especially knowledge work, it's kind of very broken. Like people are not really doing great work. They're not really uh, living great lives. Uh, and the sad part is like uh, everybody's just ignoring this fact. Uh, you know, so if you look at, you know, like how many hours people work, their productivity levels and et cetera, it's not very positive. Uh, so we are really trying to kind of invent a new way, better way. And it's also super challenging because like, people don't really like to change. <laughs> uh, and I definitely think like automation is a core part of this, you know, building smarter software that can kind of like just remove a lot of grunt work and, you know, automating some of these processes. So for instance, like with Todoist, one of the like most popular integrations is actually Zapier. So people are already, you know, just like, uh, using Zapier to kind of just like get tasks added from different platforms uh, and then like managing them inside Todoist. Uh, but I can imagine this can be like much more powerful as, as we go along. Yeah, we're. Um, I think that that conversation, future of work, is is super important, um, and I'm glad you're you're touching on it here a little bit. And speaking of you know work and workflows, um, Amir, how do you deploy automation at work? Uh, personally, you know, like I'm actually trying to um, to have like as uh, like uh, like busy free days as possible. Um, I really want to do like deep work. You know, like thinking deep. I don't want to, you know, be uh, like answering emails all day long or something like that. Um, so I'm really like trying to automate stuff and actually move stuff as well. So you know, like some stuff you don't need needing even to automate. You should just like remove them from from your life uh, and you know just like optimizing my my daily uh, life. So it's kind of like uh, super streamlined and I can kind of focus on the most critical uh, parts and also like parts. I like to do. I'm good at. Uh, yeah, uh, they said you know it's it's a uh, it's a bit challenging though you know at times. So, so <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, there's certainly um, you know I think a lot of us listening here and 
you know, can relate to, you know, just wanting to get rid of, you know, full tasks from our to-do list for sure. Um, Wade, I'd love to, you know, ask you the same question. Um, how do you deploy automation at work? You know, CEO of Zapier, there's a lot of things that sort of come across my desk in a given day. And so one of the most important tools I've set up is this idea of a, a universal inbox. So I have emails come in, I have Slack come in, I have notifications come from a whole host of different apps. And one of the most important things is figuring out how to route all that stuff to a central spot. And so I have a series of zaps that help me do that. Uh, it lands all inside of Kodo that I share with uh, my EA. And we've actually started to tinker with uh, AI in some of these places where uh, we use AI to summarize those tasks, make them a little more readable. Uh, we're starting to mess around with triaging them with AI, figuring out who is the, the right person to maybe go tackle it. That's maybe not me. I'm not always the subject matter expert. Uh, we're you know playing around with auto categorizing prioritization. This needs to be high on the list. This is maybe low on the list. Um, so this is a big tool that sort of helps triage the most important things because a lot of times stuff comes to me uh, but I'm not necessarily the right person to solve it. And a big part of my job is making sure it gets to the right person to solve it. And this then helps me have big chunks of time during my day where I can go heads down on the things that are most important. Yeah, I think that's the name of the game here is, you know, cutting out that that busy work and being able to, you know, use automation to allow you to, you know, kind of focus on on the bigger stuff, you know, on the deep thinking, on the more creative thinking on, on uh, you know, those those things that are really going to, you know, move the dial uh, for your for your business and for your life, frankly. Um, you know, Ida, can I'd love to also open up the question to you as well. Um, you know, obviously the book focuses a lot on on this topic, but uh, for you personally, how do you deploy automation at work? Yeah, uh, I think for me, uh, the biggest uh, automation was kind of one of the simplest ones. Uh, it was how I, how I uh, solved the uh, emails uh, for myself, like, because I receive uh, like hundreds of emails every day. And it's just uh, as the company has uh, grown, uh, like the number of emails I receive uh, only increased. And uh, like I need to keep it sane. Uh, like uh, and like as Wade mentioned, like there is some important stuff happening. It's important that I don't miss out those stuff. Like I don't see an email that I should have seen it uh, many days before, like in uh, uh, late. So the the. The solution I found uh, for my emails was something uh, that was simple, but it actually took me a while because um, I tried to find this uh, product that can actually solve, solve this for me because the, the main problem was the prioritization. Like I wanted to prioritize emails. Like, like in an ideal world, like the AI or whatever, it's just going to show me like the uh, top priority email first. Instead of like the email inboxes just show you all the emails, like you see the top priority email next to the spam email, right? It's it's just all mixed up. But I want in an ideal world, I will just see the top top email first, and then I will see the second email first. And I looked for a product like this. I looked for products that has AI or not, uh, but uh, I couldn't find one. But but then I thought, hey, uh, I am using Gmail, and Gmail actually can actually do this. And I was able to implement this solution with like only labels and filters. And it's a very simple solution. Um, uh, I created three labels, uh, level one, level two, and level three. Basically, level one is the top priority emails, like uh, 
for example, if our VP of HR sends me a direct email that goes to my level one, it's probably something important. If uh, my publisher, Wiley, uh, sends me an email, like if I receive an email from Wiley.com, it's going to also go to my top uh, high-priority email. So that's the level one. The second one is level two, which is like the uh, people who are uh, with whom I communicate with. Uh, if I'm sending emails with uh, people, like if they send me a direct email, that's going to go to my level two. And the level three is all the other email that I care about, like the email threads where I'm part of, reports I receive, uh, and like newsletters and everything else. Um, so, and I used uh, filters to implement this system. And the great thing about it is that um, even if I'm on vacation, I could just uh, go to my level one, like 10 minutes, for 10 minutes, uh, I can just look at, you know, if I have any important emails, like I can process them. But the most important part is I never go to my email inbox. Um, that's that's really important. I go, I have these bookmarks in my browser. So I will go to level one first. I will process that. I will clean that up. And then I will go to level two and then level three. And only once in a while, I'm going to go to my uh, all the remaining emails to just review it and make sure that I didn't miss any important email. So I could create an additional filter to, 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 to send it to other levels. And this actually, this, this is a very simple automation. It's just using uh, like labels and filters in Gmail. Uh, I want to give this example because it's just uh, people think that automations are hard. Like you have to like learn the technology, like you have to become real experts. But in, uh, in today's world, I think there's just so many uh, great like no-code SaaS cloud products that have like uh, so many options, uh, flexible options that uh, you can actually use them to build your own solutions and you can uh, save time and energy uh, as a result. So yeah, this is this this is how, how automation helps me. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us, you know, struggle with that email inbox uh, for sure. So I think that's really relatable to a lot of us. Um, Switching gears, I know we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about AI here and there, but really want to kind of dive headfirst into that right now. Um, obviously, it's it's in the headlines right now, you know, the and they're always changing. Um, but uh, Amir, want to kick it off with you here um, and talk about, you know, I know you, you've said that AI is going to change everything. You know, I think a lot of people here um would agree with you on that, but talk to me a little bit more about that. You know, why do you why do you see AI changing everything, and you know, what are you expecting for the next you know five ten years? Yeah, I mean that's a, a good question, and you know something I think that is very uh, interesting about AI is kind of like that both like the software front and the hardware front is kind of growing exponentially. So if you look at like cur curves of like you know, size of like these models is like exponential curve. If you look at like, uh, like, you know, GPU performance, it's exponential curve. And it's been like ongoing for many years now. Um, and whenever you have like exponential growth uh, and you have like so like fast advancements, then uh, I think you can be very excited and very worried as well. Uh, so I definitely understand like the worry here, uh, I yeah personally I'm not really really because I you know I know a bit about how this model works and it's basically like it's linear algebra you know like right now uh, 
but you know, also our own brains, like we start very simple, you know, like, uh, you know, from a very simple Excel and then it basically grows to, you know, us, uh, like sentient beings. Uh, so I don't know like what the future holds, but like right now it's kind of like growing very fast, advancing very fast. Um, and honestly, like even right now, like GPT-4 is very, very impressive. Uh, so like, uh, yesterday I actually did like, uh, there's like new feature of GPT, uh, chat GPT that calls code interpreter, where you can basically get, uh, like GPT to like solve problems for you. So you upload a file. So for instance, like I did like, uh, I upload like CSV file. I made it like use code trans to transform the CSV file. Um, you know, it basically runs it into like uh, in a Python environment and transforms the file. But you can also like analyze it. You can kind of like do like a linear like, uh, like regression analysis of of the data, and it all does it for you. So you know, uh, and when I did this, like it's the first time I have actually uh, played around with this part of of uh, GPT. It's kind of like it's really incredible. Like uh, and it like it's uh, you know I could actually do this myself, but like it would take me like five hours to do it. Maybe I uh, maybe maybe not that much. And here you just like, you know, you upload it, you tell it what to do. And then in 10 seconds, you actually have the result. And it's just like mind uh, blowing. Yeah. Um, and I think this is just the start. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see where this goes. Uh, and and I, I also think uh, like it's very hard to kind of see where the future lies, because when you're dealing with exponential curves, I mean, you can see this like with mobile phones, you know, like nobody expected uh, in the 80s that you would actually be like, that we will have like supercomputers in our pockets and all be hyper-connected, access to like all of humanity's knowledge, you know. So I'm actually unsure where this goes, but I, I'm super excited, also a bit scared, but, you know, it's very exciting times to be at this. Uh, and I think also like I hope actually we can do this for, you know, like use this for good, use this to kind of improve humanity because we have like so many problems that we need to solve. Uh, and maybe, you know, we will work less and that's good. Like we have a lot more stuff and things will be proved like on an exponential scale. Uh, so that's like maybe the, the positive scenario with AI, at least how I see it, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, using tech for good is 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 a kind of a thread that uh you know kind of winds through you know silicon valley and and beyond um you know wade i know you know we're we're obviously diving into ai here um and and you know know that you and the team are very excited as well about it um i know you guys just launched uh, zapier's chat gpt plugin um and there's been a lot of excitement around that as well um how does ai at zapier look moving forward um how how are you thinking about all of all of that? We're super excited about AI at Zapier. Obviously, you mentioned the ChatGPT plugin. This helps people, uh, you know, power uh, send off uh, actions right inside of ChatGPT. Uh, but we're seeing all sorts of ways already that our customers are using AI inside of uh, Zapier. And one of the things that I think AI is particularly great at is helping automate unstructured data. You know, automation is a lot easier when you have structured data, but Unstructured data, where most of the world's information lies, is a lot harder. You know, we have to do a lot of human cleansing of that data. But it turns out these LLMs are really good at summarizing unstructured data. It's good at generating data. It's good at uh, manipulating this data into formats that we really prefer. 
And so being able to, you know, interject unstructured data with structured data inside of an automation is really, really quite um, uh, something else. So we're starting to see people play with this. Uh, obviously, we have the natural language API that powers our ChatGPT plugin. We have um, a chatbots inside of an interfaces product. And so all these things are places where we're starting to utilize AI inside of the core product and seeing customers already adopt this stuff in ways that are improving their, their work. And as we look further out into the future, I think the thing we get most excited about is that, um, you know, we fundamentally just believe that uh, computers should do more work for humans. And there is a huge amount of demand for software. There's more software that has gone unwritten than actually has gone written. There's more automation that needs to be done that can be done. And one of the challenges is that oftentimes the only way to get this written is to go buy software off the shelf that a company can afford to build that has to hire all these expensive engineers. But I think with natural language and the ability to speak automation, to speak software into existence through natural language means that we're going to have just an explosion of new software and much more personalized software, software that works for me. Uh, and that way, I don't have to settle for just the very cookie cutter things that sort of come off the shelf, but I can actually get software that works the way I want it to work, the way that it's designed, it uh, matches my life, my workflows, the things that I care about. And so that idea is really exciting to me to have software that truly is, um, you know, the, the, the thing that's going to solve problems that I have in my life. And it doesn't have to be watered down to fit what a broader market maybe uh, cares about. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, I love how you talk about that personalization um, and utilizing it for for software. Um, Idekin, you know, obviously your book really focuses on auto automation, uh, but how do you see AI fitting into how you talk about automation? AI is also automation, but it's uh, more smart, uh, capable, uh, flexible. So uh, it's actually, you know, it's like a... a AI is automation or with, with powers, uh, so it's much more powerful, and um, and it's much more flexible. So, and uh, this allows people to kind of uh, build their own uh, solutions. Uh, so, as Wade uh, talked about that, um, uh, right now, like it's uh, current to tools are more rule based, uh, but but as the AI. Uh, advances and more and more products have AI in them, they are going to be much more flexible and uh, people are going to be able to fit uh, fit them into their own businesses. And this is going to be, this is really going to be like democratizing the software for people. Um, so I'm, I, I, I really agree uh, about that with weight. And um, in my book, um, I talk about the automation principles and the uh, automation flywheel framework. And uh, I also give lots of examples and case studies uh, to make this uh, like, uh, to make it easier for people to really apply the knowledge. Um, in 10 years, all the examples and case studies I give is not going to be very uh, useful because AI is going to just change everything. Like all the products will change. Everything is going to change in 10 years. But uh, the principles, uh, the automation first, uh, automation first mindset, the automation flywheel uh, framework that I describe in the book, that's not going to change. That's actually going to be more powerful 
because the number of tools you have today is going to be explored uh, in 10 years because it's going to be much more easier to uh, build uh, you know, products and more and more people actually will actually use AI to build products. And so, as I said, like this is like the uh, beginning of internet. Like AI is gonna just give us so much, so many uh, options that uh, it's hard to see what's gonna happen. As Amir said, it's kind of a little bit scary, uh, but uh, I think you know the solution is not to just stop uh, technology. It never works. I, I think it's important to use it for good, and uh, it's important to. Uh, for for product guys like us to also like you know build AI in our products and uh, you know uh, make it accessible to more people and uh, you know use it for good. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, you know as and Wade kind of touched on this too is is that that we will see a whole lot more you know, software being built as we continue going down this AI road. Um, we're already, you know, we already have a ton of automation AI tools, but, you know, that is just going to, we're, we've only just, you know, kind of gotten to the beginning of that. Um, but, you know, as we, you know, kind of wrap up and, and bring this, you know, you know, uh, conversation more to a close, um, let's bring it back to automation um, and answer the key question um, you know, here is what is the future of automation? Um, Wade, we'll, we'll kick it off to you to start. I really do feel like the future of automation is about that personalization, the ability for software to solve problems that uh, are very specific to me and to not be constrained by uh, what the world sort of looks like, but to be able to use AI, to be able to use software, to be able to create things without having to know how to code, without having to learn technical t concepts, but to be able to generate this stuff uh, you know, in, in um, natural language. And I, I think that's really where the, the power of automation lies in the future. Yeah. All right. That's great. Um, Amir, same question. Um, what does the future of automation look like for you? I would love to see us kind of remove grunt work um, and, you know, like just do the work that excites you, you know, that brings you joy, um, that you're good at, that you love to do instead of like doing like a lot of stuff that we're doing right now that nobody really enjoys. Um, so that's also like why I don't think, you know, automation or AI would actually replace humans. Uh, I think actually it will just make people more efficient and maybe like focusing more on the stuff they are really good at, or like, you know, the human touch, uh, like maybe that's something that, that could come into play. Um, so, yeah, I hope, you know, in 10 years that you don't need to do any of the grunt work. I mean, even right now, like if you see some popular uh, applications such as like Gmail, like it does very little for you to actually help you in any like smart way. <laughs> and that's kind of very depressing. And it's like over a billion people or maybe even more that use that product. Uh, so, you know, we have a long way to go here uh, of removing all of this like, grunt work from people. Mm -hmm, certainly. Um, Idekin, let's let's throw it over to you. What does the future of automation look like for you? I, I mentioned the three revolutions, um, how software is eating the world, how uh, like all these no-code SaaS cloud products are providing all these solutions uh, for businesses and the AI revolution. And the future of automation is just the expansion of that. But it's just gonna like double uh, 
I can't say how many years. Like <laughs> I don't have a theory like that, but it's just going to keep doubling. Uh, the number of products, the number of pro- uh, options we have are going to double. And so uh, I think what Amir, uh, Amir has been uh, saying is that like to get rid of grand work, to get rid of busy work, um, it's going to be possible because uh, there's going to be so many options for us and more and more people uh, will use them. But also, I, I also think that the future of uh, automation is uh, AI because uh, the products will contain more and more AI in them. And uh, this will make them uh, much better. Uh, and this is going to be uh, much more useful uh, for people. This is going to make them much more useful for people. Uh, so it's... I, I think it's just, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to give up, we are going to have like so many options and everyone will be able to uh, build in their own solutions. And I think that's a great feature because it's just, uh, many people are thinking that, hey, automation, AI, people are going to be jobless. I don't think uh, that's going to happen. I think more and more people will be uh, doing uh, more creative stuff, um, you know, more exciting stuff. Uh, and uh, because they will have like so many more uh, tools to do that. And um, I feel like uh, it's it's really important that education is going to be important because uh, people need to be able to uh, use all these tools. But the tools are also kind of uh, bringing down to people's level, like without education, they are going to become much more simpler and easier to use. Uh yeah, so I'm, I'm actually, you know, very positive and, uh, you know, I see a bright, bright feature uh, for the automation and AI. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of us are um, nervous, um, you know, but I think at the same time, very excited for what AI and automation will bring us um, in the future. Um, well, on that note, to our founders, um, anything else that you'd like to add that you want to make sure that our viewers hear? Uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope also like people will take this to heart and like you know start automating all the stuff uh, that that needs to be automated away. The uh, the two questions I ask in the book, and I think that's really important. And it, uh, the two questions are the first one is like people uh, should ask themselves themselves what should I spend my time on, and the second question is uh, what shouldn't I spend my time on. Um, and the second question is more important, uh, because if you can, uh, find out like how you are wasting your time, how you are spending your time, uh, on tasks that take up your time and energy, uh, uh, you can actually, uh, you know, find ways to delegate them to, uh, to automations, to the machine and, uh, and that's uh, what I describe in the book, um, the, the framework, the uh, automation flywheel uh, framework is like describing how you can turn them into automations. Uh, so, but even if you don't apply, even if you don't buy the book or apply any of the principles, um, if you ask yourself those questions, uh, I think you're going to be able to prioritize how you spend your time uh, better. And, um, I think, I hope that uh, that's going to be useful for everyone. Yeah, that's all from me. Yeah, I think, 
Amir, I saw your little one back behind you. I think that's that that perfectly nails on the head what we're talking about here is, you know, is talking about where we spend our time, who we spend our time with, um, et cetera. So, you know, perfect way to go off on that note. Um, you know, with that, we at JotForm want to extend a very big thank you to our founders for joining us today, Idakin, Amir, and Wade. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it was really great to hear more about your journeys, about how you're thinking about automation and especially AI. Um, we also want to thank everyone who helped out on the production of this podcast. You are amazing. Um, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, we hope this was a really valuable conversation uh, for you around automation, productivity, AI. And we hope that you're walking away with a few tips that you can use right now to cut out repetitive tasks and do less, achieve more and save your brain for the big stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.